When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. Dominic Booth here in the studio with Nathan Blake and Paul Abandonato for your weekly Bluebirds chat. Hello chaps, how are you? I'm very good, thank you Dominic. And Paul, nice to have you. Good, thank you Tom. I'm enjoying actually a break from Cardiff this week to focus on big Wales World Cup games. It's international week, but that doesn't mean the Cardiff City chat can stop though of course. Um, Wales got big games against Georgia and the Republic of Ireland at the weekend, but let's just knock back a couple of days boys to... What was a fairly drab game, a nil-nil draw with Derby? Cardiff still top of the league, though. And Nathan, did we learn anything new this week about about Neil Warnock's team? Um, probably not. For me, I think they've already shown that they can dig deep. Um, it was going to be difficult after the highs of Leeds to um, emulate that performance, but. Uh, I didn't expect much more, to be honest with you. Um, it was, it was. They, they they put so much into that game against Leeds that Derby was always going to be not a letdown, a come down for me, a definite come down, and it was going to be difficult to reach those elevations again so soon after. We thought maybe a touch of after the Lord Mayor show and the Leeds game. I think you might have said it in the podcast. I think I was the only one brave enough to predict a, a healthy win. Stupidly. In fact, Paul, but sometimes it's not surprising that that Warnock's team can't maintain the levels of such a, a heightened game like the Leeds one. Yeah, I don't think it was just the Warnock team effect. I think it was the crowd that was so galvanised against Leeds because of the almost unique rivalry that we discussed last week that really shouldn't exist between Cardiff and Leeds, but does. Um, it was, it was, you know, it was a scrappy game. There was very little creativity or flair on show but I I still enjoyed it in a mm. bizarre way I found it a bit compelling it could have gone either way I actually think Derby deserved to win to be honest with you I think they were slightly the better team I was very listen nobody as you well know on this podcast nobody's talked up Ken Zahora more than me on this you know in, in, in 2017 I was really disappointed with his performance Nate really disappointed mm. I, I, um, I did think he would I did think he would play at that level mind personally um I think what what what's failed to be recognised often mm. is the amount of emotion that goes into a game like Leeds United, um, and it's it's you know I'm, I've been guilty of it myself where you sit in the stand and you think oh you know what's happened why aren't they playing like they did against Leeds the other night you know they should be and then you, I transport myself back into the dress room and think to myself well. You know how emotionally you would have been so up for that game. You would have been, you know, it was top of the table clash. Like Paul says, there's there's a there's a rivalry that, you know, just will not go away. It just grows, if anything, year on year. And uh, taking all those things into account, it, it's your energy levels are sapped basically after a game like Leeds, both physically and emotionally. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about whether it was fatigue or complacency when Cardiff went from the Fulham game to defeat at, Pre- at Preston, Dean Dale. Mm. Was that, which one of those do you think it was this time? You think it was That's more def- mental this, fatigue? This is definitely mental fatigue, yeah. Emotional fatigue, mental fatigue. Um, and physical as well, because, you know, it's, it's like, like I said on the last podcast, it was the opportunity for you, for Cardiff, to put down a marker not just to Leeds United, but don't forget that game was televised. So there have been a lot of teams sat 
watching that game thinking we're going to have problems down there that is going to be a, a real fortress of a place to go so they not only laid a, a mark on Leeds United but they would have left a mark on plenty of other teams at the top so Derby would have come down exactly I guarantee you Guy Rout would have said in the dressing room look they'll be, they'll be tired they'll be fatigued after Tuesday night this is the time the best time to play Cardiff because there's no way going to be up there it's very rarely you'll see a team, even your Barcelona's Real Madrid's, when they play each other in a major, major big game, you often see the next game beyond, if they play an Espanyol or a Sociedad or something like that, they tend to draw, might sneak a 1-0, might even lose a 1-2-1, because it's, 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 a bit, it's a place where you don't often take yourself then. It's a cup final major game the only other time it would have happened this season I think was probably up at Wolves where the talk was two top of the table teams clash massive start of the season you just for some reason everybody's emotion goes up fans press you know and Cardiff this year seemed to be especially happy in that environment rather than a flat one well a draw off the back of it says a lot to me it's the sort of result you look back on and you'll go through the through the league through the um, games and you'll go one, 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 drew, lost, drew, one, 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 lost, drew. It'll just be, you know. It's just the, the sort of the normal pattern of a season, really. Yeah. Unavoidable. Yeah. Warnock said afterwards, Paul, he understood that why levels would drop. But with that in mind, do you think there was only one forced change to the side that beat Leeds? Joe Rowell's coming in for the ineligible Craig Bryson. Do you think Warnock could have maybe been a bit more proactive and changed it before the game well that weakened the team straight away Bryson not being in there <laughs> in my opinion um, let's not get on to Rouse again no um, possibly given what we discussed after Preston but as uh, after the Preston loss but again how do you make changes to a team that's just played so superbly they didn't just beat Leeds they, they you know they were superb in their execution of their goals I think given that what really disappointed me on Saturday, I've mentioned Zahora, you know, his touch was poor, things like that. I thought, you know, we've moved beyond that with Mental tiredness. Um, mm. But but what, what you know, to not create a chance, I don't really, correct me if I'm wrong, Chats, I don't really recall a chance of any note that Cardiff had. Derby had a couple. Half chances, weren't um, they? Not even that, you know, and we were, but, but we predicted this to a degree and we... We were saying, look, the way Cardiff can win this, it'll be nil-nil going to the last 20 and then maybe Morrison from a set-piece or mm. something. And that was the only way you could see Cardiff winning the game. And as Blakey has said before, the great thing is that Cardiff can win two ways now. They can win by playing the sort of football we saw against Leeds. And although they didn't on Saturday, they can win through set-piece plays, which is which is huge in the Championship and, and a big part of, of the Warnock sort of game plan, if you like. Should he have changed it? It's easy to say that in hindsight, isn't it? You know. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Easy to say that in hindsight, um, but clearly, you know, there were quite a few players off their game, and when you've got the forward players off their game, I'll excuse Nathaniel Mendes Lang a little bit because I thought he did okay. When you've got the forward players off their game, Demore was terribly off his game. Yeah. Zahora was badly off his game. Hoylett was. Off his game. I think Hoylett was trying a bit too hard, maybe living off his, his midweek performance and trying to create something when it wasn't there, perhaps. Yeah, also, people like the more they're going to have to get used to going so high in an emotional game and then coming uh, on a Tuesday and Saturday back, straight back at it. The more has been excellent in two big games against Wolves yeah. and Leeds now. So what, I, what I would say about it is, you know, we, we discussed, you know, the prospect of beating clubs of the magnitude of Sunderland, Leeds, and Derby in the space of a week would have been a huge statement for Cardiff. Look, seven points, a return of seven points, not bad from those games, is it, mate? I think but you do you, and they you, will go up. You, <laughs> could argue, you could argue they had points in the bank going into the Derby game so maybe a point is a good point it was a great point no, no, I didn't think it was a good point I thought and I'm I'm not sucking eggs here I, I genuinely believe it was a great point I looked at um, the year when I was playing for Bolton and we broke records in a championship and I was looking at like the kind of pattern of games and it's, it's similar to Cardiff's at the moment there is there is like a loss in there well, I, I have a couple of draws points. in there you know and you it but 
the overwhelming thing is you've won like was it the majority seven, of the game, yeah, yeah you've won seven I think seven wins something like that I think Cardiff are on for 100 points if they carry on this current ratio which is a championship easily a championship winning ratio mm. so yeah like you say Warnock had no reason to complain did he no no no, no. I just uh, I just thought I would have taken any performance as long as it wasn't sloppy tired performance I can accept you know emotionally physically like we mentioned um, grinding it out can things not quite coming off not many chances created if any I can accept all that but you've got to come out with something and to come out with a point I thought I thought it was a great point and I, I'm telling you it'll, you'll look back let's put it this way one defeat this season and Sol Bamba again playing in the defensive midfield role I thought he had a good game again not quite as good as he was at Leeds Leeds virtually impossible I think was that more of a case of missing Gunnison than than we did against Leeds? Um, I think I think the question that was raised last week was can Sol Bamba perform to those levels in that position on a consistent basis and the jury is clearly out on that. Mm. He's a centre-back, not a centre-mid. Mm. Um, he does offer an extra solidity in the centre of mid. Um, he didn't look out of place against no, them. No, he no, didn't. but and, they all. If you look, if you know, so they all dropped their performance. That's that's the key. It's whether he can perform consistently think, at the seven. I think there was one. There was one moment where he did one of his brilliant. He brought the balls down. He won that. Won a tackle, which he had no right to win, in my opinion. Um, and then maybe against Tom Lawrence or was it against Russell? I can't remember. But then he got the ball and gave it away and I heard groans from the crowd you know and you you don't expect your centre mids to give the ball away as, as easily as that listen this is not being harsh on Sol Bamba he's been magnificent <laughs> in that position right I agree it. I agree with Blakey that Bamba and Manga would be a partnership that no centre forward would want to play against centre back wise I think he should be playing centre back with, uh, with Manga personally we had this issue so often on the podcast though Warnock likes Morrison and Morrison is almost the first name on the team sheet no 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 no. I disagree I totally disagree from Warnock's perspective I mean, I'm, I'm talking Warnock's perspective I think what Neil's done is very clever and if you could sit and have a one on one with him I think what he's done is the reason why he's galvanised the team and they've all got behind him so quickly is I'll use Morrison as an example I've played with managers who've come into teams and have cut out the major players straight away, picked fights with them, dropped them, got them out of the team to go in his own direction so they can bring players in that they feel are more appropriate. What, let's be fair, Morrison was under pressure before Neil came and was under pressure last season even when Neil was here. What I think Neil done was show him an incredible amount of loyalty. And what that does is that runs then, it trickles. It's like a blood vein. It goes through your squad. They see what type of person your manager is, what how he's treated the captain, blah, 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 blah. And they go, well, if he's willing to do that for him, because they would have read the press, they would hear the groans in the crowd, they would know, they're not stupid, the players, but what they seen was a manager show incredible loyalty and say, right, he's going to remain my captain. Like I said, for me, the captain... Neil Warnock's captain, I think it's clear for everyone to see, is Bamba. However, the person that wears the armband and leads the team out is Morrison. And for that, I think that is one of the psychological reasons why that team is so galvanised and so together, because of what he's done. But I don't think he's a, he's a, it's a case where he's a first name. I think Bamba is. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think Zahor is, I think Mendes Lang is, and I think Hoylet is. I think those three up top and Bamba, I think you could probably say all the rest, even the likes of Gunnison now, after Bamba's performance in midfield, no one's a cert. 
compelling no a compelling insight Dom's pointing a pen to me with a smile but I oh I it's just the, the Gunnison debate I find, I find that compelling about. insight uh, mm. this is great insight today Blake in mm. everything into the psyche of what that dressing room is really like mm. you know, which, well I was going to bring this up which later which goes beyond most of us this is a sort of expert insight it makes, it makes me as a offer. former player Paul want to play for Neil Warnock yeah. and I've been retired 15 years <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think that my, I I salute you, mate, because I I think it's clever. It's it's so it 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 boils down to fifty years of experience to me. It's like it would have been easy for him to come in and go Morrison. Yeah, the fans fifty yeah. fifty uh, about you. Easy to attack. Easy Listen, target. Last week and he never. Last week or. I think it was last week's podcast you put me on the spot by saying where is the team lacking at the moment and and Blakey said that I'm having to search for answers and the two areas I highlighted were goalkeeper I've got to say Etheridge was outstanding with those second half saves that's absolutely yeah mm-hmm. worth um, mentioning that but I also mentioned that against the better teams and despite their lowly position I think Derby are one of the better teams mm-hmm. do Cardiff have the midfield control required to to win games as the season goes on um, and I think that's still a question mark to be honest yeah. with you and, and this debate we're having at the moment about whether Bamba sits in there or and the point about loyalty is great is part of that because I, I think another player as well as Morrison that Warnock's shown incredible loyalty too that we talk about a lot on the podcast is Joe Rouse yeah. and Warnock's shown loyalty in him in central midfield and with Morrison to such an extent now that they're not first names on the team sheet maybe Blakey but they're, they're both in the mix battling for positions it's what you need You, I, I don't think uh, press ever realised just how vulnerable some players can be with their confidence on a day-to-day and I've played for managers I was quite different because I not a, a don't care whether you like me or not I just look forward to the battle I was having on a Saturday so whether the manager loved me or didn't love me it did affect me but it wasn't like it didn't affect my performance to drag it down so far that I wouldn't pick next Saturday. But I've played with players who need that confidence from the manager, need that, you know, um, trust, that loyalty, that reliance, because that's what a manager is looking for at the end of the day. And if they don't get it, they find it difficult to perform. They really do. So for me, if we're going back to last week's question when you said, where is he looking? I think if you could give Neil Warnock a six foot two, strength, solid, great tackler, good passer, number six, holding midfielder. I think he'd bite your hand off. Did we see him in Tom Huddleston at the weekend? Um, not necessarily. I was not more, enough movement. No, I was more questioning as he got that in Bamba. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. He's obviously apart from the Barcelona. And we're trying to read there? his mind, aren't we? Neil's mind. And I think he's obviously got a dilemma there because well, he wants something. A bit bigger, more strength. Okay, Gunnison gives you a lot, in my opinion, an awful lot. But I do understand what he's saying. Of that big brute stood in front of my two brute centre halves. One of them's great on the ball and quick. The other one's good in the end, great at set pieces. And then I've got two fullbacks who can do either or. They can push on or they can drop off. Or I put Jazz in who can do everything. So, Listen, in the hurly-burly of the championship, particularly on a cold Tuesday night up north, I can see the value in that. Mm. But I suppose the question I ask you, Blake, is can Bamba and Gunnison play together or is that too static? I think that's too static, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I so do. It's I like, do. So, so if, Bamba if you're going to play that, you need a ball player yeah. in front of them. You need a, that's you, asking a lot if you're saying the Gunnison. Yeah, no, play. no, it, it is. I, I think, personally, I go Bamba... Manga, I've said before, yeah. but okay at the moment is Bamba and Morrison and Gunnison in front because I, I think Gunnar gives you an awful lot. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I think he gives you steel. He gives you. I think he's underrated on his passing ability, and if you ask him to go box to box, he can, okay. and he can hit the target with a good shot. So, for me, I would play him with another in front or another two in front. <laughs> Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Right, this is part two now, chaps, and we did have some healthy debate in part one, but one year after Neil Warnock's appointment as Cardiff City boss, it's probably worth assessing 
where we are now and, and how far Warnock has taken this Top of the team. league, mate. That's where we are. 23rd position to first in the space of 12 months. Incredible. Crowds coming back. Players, as we've already discussed, revitalised. But one interesting point I've noted here is um, Cardiff City played Derby in the penultimate game of Paul Trollope's regime. They lost 2-0 at home. The team that day had two, survi- two survivors now from that day in Joe Rowles and Sean Morrison. The rest of the team, completely different, and I counted 13 players in the current Cardiff squad that Warnock has brought in. Mm. Wholesale changes, or just a manager who knows what he's doing? Well, I can probably, it's probably best if I, if I rewind to that. I'm glad you mentioned Paul Trollope, because you've got to remember where Cardiff were, and uh, I think I'm pretty fair in saying that Vincent Tam was potentially looking at a cheaper option to replace Trollope. We're going into names here. And I know that Mehmet Dalma was heavily pushing for Warnock behind the scenes. It was almost like make or break appointment, Nath. Yeah, it was make or break. I agree with that. Um, And he pushed and he pushed and he managed to get the approval to go with Warnock. Now, I remember sitting in, I think it was a Friday, Friday afternoon. I remember sitting in Neil Warnock's first press conference, his unveiling, if you like, yeah. And... I think the general perception at the time was that this was a very decent, capable Cardiff City squad that were terribly underachieving. I remember asking him myself, um, you know, there's a lot of feeling about the squad underachieving, you know, are you happy with what you're inherited, blah, blah, blah. And normally with this sort of thing, managers give a, you know, a very diplomatic answer. But straight away he shot me, we need a few new players. And that really, really surprised me because the window was closed at that point. And he so still knows yeah, to so sign three players, players on players. free transfer. And I think he? before the first game against Bristol City, I think four new four. players came in. Mm. And honestly, it's easy to think about that now, but at the time we were genuinely shocked that this was going. I didn't know anything about Sol Bamba. Junior Hoylet Ravel Morrison, the jury was out on these players, you know. But obviously he's brought players in, then he brought more in, and obviously then during the um during the summer window he's completely reshaped it. So it's interesting to hear what you're saying about those survivors from the Derby defeats. I think you're um, right in saying that people didn't see huge holes in the Cardiff squad before Warnock came out. No, no, they were. There were massive he holes did, in it. He did. We've know. said it on this. We've said it on this podcast. We said we've said it for over two years. That team has no pace. I don't know what. I don't. I didn't know what any manager. I'd have to go back to Mark and Mackay understand what you were trying to achieve I had no idea totally we were like a rudderless ship we were going down I'll I'll put my money where my mouth is and say in my opinion the wrong management team coming in again after Paul Trollope we were finished it was going nowhere it was it was becoming like an embarrassment you know we were just getting the, the board would say, this is the best manager we're going to go forward. I would be looking, thinking, just shot yourselves in the foot again, gentlemen. They're just going to progressively go backwards. And we were we were a team of individuals. And that team of individuals didn't know whether to play a defensive structure, which they had learned and still carried over from Marky Mackay. They had picked that up again after Solskjaer with... Um, What's his name? I always forget his name. Russell Slade. Russell Slade. And then again, they changed totally to a different sort of um, philosophy under Paul Trollope, playing a way that Wales played, but without Wales' players. It was just... It was, mate, if you've been in the game, you've played the game, you've been in the dressing room, you can, you can stand outside the dressing room door and watch that and just go, what are you doing? And I... Paul, yeah, yeah, you would agree man- with we said yeah, for a long manager, time. But the manager has played the game of being in the dressing room. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the, but, but it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean to say. I had this conversation a little earlier. It doesn't mean to say you can you can translate your ideas onto the yeah. pitch. And being a number two is different to being a number one. Yeah. Right. And there's lots of different fractions that are involved in why your team is galvanised and comes together. One we mentioned in the last part in the first part of the show, how loyalty with Morrison has, has helped galvanise the rest of the players because they all see uh, he's a loyalist. He'll, he'll stick up for you. He'll, he'll do anything for you. He'll, you know, even if he doesn't think, mm, he'll, 
he'll understand and he'll put players first. So for me, you know, I, I think we've said, I remember being with Steve Tucker and saying that the, the team lacks pace. Yeah. And it's ridiculously, it was exposed, game in, game out, game in, game out. I think, I think what will be interesting, Dom, is for the, for the listeners, is for you to read out that team that played Derby and read the names. Because to me, off the top of my head, the big four guys of the Warnock era are the likes of Noon, Pilkington, Pilkington. and mm-hmm. Ricky Lambert, who, mm-hmm. were, who were... Whittingham, obviously. Whittingham, I forgot mm-hmm. about Whittingham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy to forget you know, the... Uh, uh, Whitt- Whittingham but was let's, another let's, one let's in Let's just there. say those four names there. I mean, they were four kingpins of the team. Pilkington, Noon, Lambert, mm-hmm. Whittingham. Noon, a bit of trickery, but the rest, no pace. Noon, limited pace. Pilkington? Came, no came with high hopes from the Premier League. Good, good trick. Norris. What Pilkington's got is a good trick. Yeah. So he's better when, in my opinion, when he's like out wide and he's got his back facing a defender yeah. and he jinks, turns left, yeah. right, left, right. He's very good at that. But if he's facing you yeah. and has to beat you, three, four years ago, after, before his bad injuries, I think he had a bit more pace to go on the outside. Now, I don't think he has got that pace. But... Yeah. A good, Lam- a good player. Lambert came as the Blue Raband signing and has yeah. retired less than... Six months less, later. Well, a bit more than six months, a year, year and six months later. So the 11 um, that, um, that lost just, to Derby that day. Just finally on Whittingham. Whittingham was, no, despite this plethora of, of love for Whittingham from his backers at Cardiff City, Whittingham was never going to fit into the Neil Warnock style of play in my Ever. view. Anyway, so yeah, what was the team? Doc? The Cardiff City lost 2 0 to. Um, it was actually a, man- a manager of the Starby at the time because right. Nigel Pearson had been suspended. Um, the team was Amos, Richards, Morrison, Connolly, John, O'Keefe, Whittingham, Rowles, Noon, Immers, and Lambert. See, that sounds Lex chalk Immers. and cheese Remember from the that? current team. Remember that? Lex yeah. Immers, he had a good six, seven months. But as you said, Nathan, it's not just personnel that Warnock's changed. It's Mentality, mentality, yeah. attitude, passion—all those things that we're also lacking, as well as the individuals. There's one thing he's changed, Dom. I've said it before on the show: the manager runs the dressing room. The dressing room doesn't run the manager. And under Slade, yeah, Charles probably won't thank me. He's a mate of mine. Wouldn't thank me, but I'd tell him straight to his face: he, he wasn't strong enough to run that dressing room. It was evident, I didn't know any, well, I didn't know insides there, but I could see just the way they would react on the pitch, the way we would react to his demands on the side of the pitch. The dressing room run the club, and once you get into that territory, you're in major trouble. Well, without knowing the insides of the dressing room at the time, Aaron Gunnison and Bruno Mango were both on the bench that day, which is very interesting considering we'd probably say now that they should be two of the first names on the team sheet. Well, there you go. I, ju- I just thought that the, the hierarchy at Cardiff, it became an expensive guessing game. Right? <laughs> it became a, a, a really expensive guessing game. And I, I used to say often, until they start losing serious money, they are not going to get serious about this club. And that's basically what happened. And I think if you look at what Neil Warnock done at Rotherham, it's quite easy to go, oh yeah, he kept them up. But if you go back and look when he took over and where they were and the chance, basically they were gone, done. Yeah, long yeah. gone. Not little, long gone. And what he'd done there was remarkable. And there was one game, I think they were 2 or 3 nil down, and they come back and beat someone 4-3 in the last minute. It's called 2 in the last minute. It, what he's able to do is, in my opinion, simplify things. Well, several features of this Cardiff team have been scoring late goals, coming from behind, earning ugly points. Maybe when you're not at your best, like we said about the But he's Starby. done that at every club he's yeah, been at. It's a trait of his it's management. It's a trait. An attitude reflects leadership. I've always said it on this show. The attitude of the team reflects the leadership of the manager. And this team, what do we say? They don't give up. They never know when they're beaten. They go to the 95th minute. Neil Warnock's on the sideline. Face like thunder, nine, nine times out of ten. And you can imagine him, if he's playing, he would go 95, 96, 97. 90. He just got a willingness to win. So, for me, it's no surprises. Um, in terms of the personnel, I mean, I've just mentioned, did I mention there, uh, Lambert, 
Noon, Pilkington, Whittingham. Um, Hoylet Mendes Lang have come in. Zahora was at the club. He's just totally transformed him. That's been the biggest plus. Because he late. brought Shamak in, remember? That's right. Bamba's another one. Um, this is Demors and the, and the Brysons. There's a lot of players there who I, I still to be convinced by. Your Wards, your Halfords, your Feeney. I'm still not convinced by Feeney. Bogle, is it? Still got to be convinced by these players now. I, I think, think Tomlin's Tomlin, yeah. Tomlin that I'm mix not, as well. I, 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 think, I think Tomlin's got undoubted talent. I'm not convinced that those I four I know what have. you mean, because if you I look at the four he brought in, Kieran Richardson, Shamak, Bamba and Hoylet, two have stayed and two have gone. Yeah. Now, that's, that's basically a good ratio. Yeah. If you sign ten yeah. players, you yeah. expect five to work out and five not yeah. to work out. So what he's able to do, I think the names that Paul's just mentioned there, what... The difference in now is we're not talking about 11, we're talking about 18. Yeah. So you can be yet to be convinced, or yet to have convinced Paul, like Halford and people like that, but you know they can come in and do a good job for a game two or three, they can come on for the last 20 and do a good job, because you've seen them in that sort of capacity. What we haven't seen them is over the course of a season. But And in Hoyler and Mendes Lang, we've addressed the one issue that you... You said about pre pre Warnock Cardiff pace. Yeah, don't worry, I didn't leave him out. (laughs) (laughs) But it's chalk and cheese. Yeah. The zip line now, home and away with terrified defenders. Yeah. And it is terrifying defenders. In fact in fact, I'm not sure I've seen a quicker footballer than Mendes Lang. Mm. I still come back to the speed. Nath, the speed with which he got to the ball for the lead sending off the yeah. he had no right to get to yeah. that ball the speed with which he got there mm. I think there like, is a quicker footballer and he's just been ruled out of Wales's internationals against Georgia right, in I'm talking about Cardiff Republic City. of Ireland mm. right. yeah. I should have qualified that you should have qualified you're that you're absolutely right he has got seriously raw pace though and I, I would I would even if, I would know, even is, say is over quicker, a race yeah, I don't know is Bale quicker than Nendis Lang I'm not I don't know I don't know over a race we organise a foot race at Cardiff City <laughs> a friend of mine, a friend of mine who works at the club, that every time we speak, that's what he says. God, Blix, that boy is rapid. I I come back to it. He's you know, rapid. I was on the other side of the ground, but how he et up. I was watching how he et up the ground to get to that ball mm. for the you know, and he does have this knack, Mendes Lang, and and it's a mix of his power as well. But he does have this knack of getting away from players. Mm. So he's got a great step. They say about good know, feet. He's got a know, great step. Over. Um, he has and he hasn't, Nate. It looks cumbersome at times, I think. No, know? there was one time... No, I, I, I disagree. I think he's got a really good step over. He's bagged a couple of goals from that this season. It's not like a Ravel Morrison step over, though, is it? But It's not, uh, as, I, gra- I, it's not as graceful, is I, it? Well, it's it's not, but it's quick. And it's from it's often from either a walking or a standing sort of position. He's never going at you with major pace. Yeah. What it is, it's his trick so he can get from... First gear to third gear. Well, that's what he does. He has this knack of. They say about the top players in eighteen yards. You, they're as quick. They're as quick as the rest, and they can go up another gear. Yeah, he yeah. seems to go up two gears in one go. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I know um, exactly what. You I'm mean. not sure I've seen that with too many players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just well, that's what I said. A friend of mine keeps saying how rapid he is on a on a daily basis. So, yeah, then it's great to talk positive. Kind so, if of we're talking about one year of Warnock, to how good is Mendes Lang step over in ten minutes? I think. <laughs> I think that's quite a nice little debate. Well, I, 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 said on the, I said on the show a couple, I think it was last week or the week before, there was a, I think, was it Leeds, where he'd done the step over, or the week before it might have been against Sheffield, I think. He's done the step over and first touches his, with his left foot. Then you would expect it to continue with his left foot. But what he does is switch his feet and takes a second touch with his right foot so he goes across the defender in the 18-yard box so he knows if the defender tackles me it's a penalty yeah so what he does is opens himself up then to either shoot square it or basically do what he wants rather than just cross it over a recently modern phenomenon in football mind I mean I think Ryan Giggs really came in and started doing it and people were you know and they're all kids my son does it he does incredible he does incredible step overs they they copy it all off YouTube (laughs) just do it well I got five aside tonight so I might try one as well excellent stuff chaps that's the end of part two it took took us from all sorts of subjects Uh, in part three is Ask Blakey You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online.
Question coming in, Blakey, for part three. Mm-hmm. Ask, hashtag Ask Blakey at Cardiff City Live if you want to ask the great man a question. Mm-hmm. It comes from Kai, pa- Kai Parry this week on... Um, How you doing, Kai? It's on Cardiff City's style of play at home. And mm-hmm. he says, Cardiff, will Cardiff struggle against teams who sit deeper? And the phrase he's used here is park the bus. We've seen a lot of teams come to Cardiff City Stadium, try to pass it about, play football and get mm. stung. Mm. He's wondering whether... A different style might see Cardiff aren't a team you want to invite pressure so Cardiff Cardiff in a great position in many ways set pieces you don't want to invite them into your box because so many of their players are so powerful and big right you don't want to sit deep because if you do the likes of Zahor Mendes Lang and Hoylet will just keep coming and coming and coming so they almost force you into a situation where you can't sit deep, you can't. You, well, you can, but your plan has got to be counter-attack. And once you counter-attack, you can then be counter-attacked. So it, I don't think you'll see a situation where, listen, if someone sat at the bottom of the table, let's say Sunderland sat at the bottom of the table and they have to come here and get a point, yeah, that's a different kettle of fish towards the end of the season. Then you'll see a low block real deep defensive block kind of like how Swansea are playing at the moment a real deep low defensive block but you won't see in my opinion for a good three months four months teams just coming and saying we're just going to come and try and get a point because so many other teams are looking at Cardiff and thinking well that's just ordinary it's not you know they don't see Cardiff as an expansive team do they they don't they're waiting they're, they're saying to themselves they won't keep that up but like you say, come later in the season when teams need a point and they only need a point, they mm. may not need three, mm. and they do sit deep. Maybe what Kai's alluding to is the presence of a Lee Tomlin in there from the start mm. to unlock mm. those channels, to open up the play for other people. Cardiff, mm. at the minute, preferring to play with three deeper. Yeah, I would say Hoylet is a, a way he played the other night against Leeds. He's going to cause any defender problems, no matter how deep you are, because he doesn't just go outside, he comes inside. Uh, Mendes Lang the same and Zahor the same he's not just quick over the top if you're on the halfway line but he's powerful can hold up the ball around the edge of the box and, and bully people and turn and get shots off so that's what I'm saying Cardiff not at the top of the league just because they're having a lucky run they're at the top of the league because they've got so many tools that they can pull out of their box and they can kill you with and so Kai's question I don't think, if he's thinking, is that going to be a bit of a problem or a worry, I don't really see it as a problem at all. I see it as something that, if you do that, you probably lose the game because you've got the likes of Morrison, Manga, Bamba, Gunnison, um, Zahor, uh, Mendes Lang. Uh, There's seven players who are of big strong, powerful, dangerous set-piece players, I would say. So You wouldn't want to sit back, and invite, sit back and invite that coming into your box for 45 minutes, 30 minutes, wherever. So I think we're kind of covered on all bases, to be honest with you. I think mentioning that Cardiff's start to the season and the position table is no fluke. I don't know if anyone saw this. I, I wrote an article on Monday afternoon about a stat called Expected Goals, mm. which is quite popular this season rates the quality of a team's chances and how dominant they have been in terms of shots on goal and that even that has Cardiff way above everyone else top of the league mm. in terms of how many chances they're creating and how many they're scoring mm. well if you look at what I'll give you an example so what Cardiff do I would say if there was a stat to show how many what people would say long ball from back to front I bet Cardiff are up there also for that. They're probably the best team in the league at it, where they play a deep ball up to Kenneth Sahar, who can be on the circle. He can be centre spot or on the half circle in the opposition half, or he can be on the edge of the 18-yard box. It's a long pass to him, not a long It's a long pass, correct, Dom. So what Cardiff are able to do is come from, they're able to come from wide, they're able to come from deep, they're able to come from central, they're able to come from full-backs, do you know what I mean? And then they're able to come with set pieces and they got pace and they got skills. So my point is there's very little you can do to counter-attack. You can't stop them all. You can't. It's, it's impossible. What about a question on the international break? Now, a, a 
a long period, a deserved break really, Warnock said in his mm. post-match press conference. How will those players who, who don't go on international duty, how will they look after themselves or, or treat themselves well, in this it, period? It's a great time for Cardiff. Sat at the top of the table going into the international break. You wouldn't want it any other way. But what those players who are not involved in international duty, they'll train. Uh, training will probably come down a peg or two. Probably won't be as intense. It'll just be about right conserving and you know, kind of like a slow build up to the thirteenth. You know, so some might go away. Gaffer might say to you, you can have three days off, four days off. Some might jump on a plane and go to Dubai with the missus for two, three days, get some heat, do some training. Um, it depends, but everything will be just you know calm before the storm now. Everything come down. You've done your job. You sat every time you pick up the paper, every time you go Wales online, look at the table, you sat at the top. So there's nothing really you can do, is there? You don't want to say, oh, I wish we were, were four points clear off. In, there's know. nothing festering, is there? In no, the back of their minds, no, 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 no. It's just clear up the injuries, any muscle problems, any dead legs, dead calves, get them massaged out. You know, it, it, the next week is fantastic, really, because it is, like, like I said, the intensity drops because you know you're not building to the crescendo of a Saturday. And a big game against Birmingham to come, which we'll discuss in part four. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. It's a long way off, boys, but it's Friday the 13th. Mm. A few ghosts, perhaps, at St Andrews <laughs> that night. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Cardiff City travel to Birmingham City, and Nathan's already booked his hotel. Yes. He's going down. Paula Bandonato wants to come. Um, it's a perfect one, really. Breaking into the weekend with a Friday night fixture. And we, we can't imagine Cardiff not being up for this one, can we? No, I don't think so. I think, I think one or two things can happen. The break can make them a bit complacent and go into the game not really, you know, on point. Or they could be gagging to get back out there and go and absolutely rip Birmingham apart. One or two things. There'll either be a performance we'll be scratching our heads a bit at and a bit of disappointment, or they'll be brilliant. So, Which one are you it, thinking? Let's hope it's the latter. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Which one are you thinking, Paul? Because after the previous international break, Cardiff were top then. They're top for this one. That's a huge morale booster for the players to, to think on going into this one. Birmingham turned it around a bit at the weekend, didn't they? <laughs> they lost six <laughs> one to Hull. <laughs> I thought they beat some. No, they won. The they drew a game. They that... won a midweek game two one, I think, and then they got peppered six by Hull. They got battered by Hull. Yeah, They've got a new yeah. manager now who was in the stands for that one, but it will be in the dugout next time. Steve Cottrell. Obviously, the Har- the Harry Redknapp thing is over and done with. Yeah, but Cottrell, Cottrell is a, a Harry's man. Cottrell's one of these managers who I wonder how they get so many jobs all the time, to be honest. Mm. You, nothing to worry about there. Mm. There won't be a new manager impact there. Mm. If it's all or nothing, as Blakey said, mm. I think Cardiff will go there and batter them mm. then, probably. Mm. I, 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 think I think they will. I think Cardiff will win. I think the bigger game is actually the following week when they go to Middlesbrough. And that's a hotly, really, tough, really hot, tough one. Hotly tipped side to not only go up but win the league, Middlesbrough. Mm. I think they're overrated personally, as you know, Dom, in private conversation we've had. I'm not totally convinced by Gary Monk as a manager yet. Mm. Um, that, to me, is, is the more seismic of the two games, a real, real test for Cardiff. Mm. But initially, they've got to get, get past the Birmingham test. I think, given the break... Given the the bodies resting and you know the strains being recovered, I think Cardiff can go and hit the ground running up there mm. on the Friday night. Another and, TV game as well. Yeah, and actually put a marker down because they can go even further clear at the top of the table before the other teams play the following day. Mm-hmm. Will that be a disadvantage, Nathan, for Cardiff to play one day earlier than everyone else? After no, the break? it's an advantage. Yeah. to be honest with you, Ment- mentally. Yeah, especially it's always an advantage to go first, but you've got to get the win. Birmingham are one of these teams, Dom, who who I think have been proven to be really overrated. Mm. Um, they got they them, got very little there, mate. Them Hull, Sunderland, all these teams that are supposed to, you know. 
Birmingham in a similar situation to where Cardiff were pre Neil Warnock. Yeah. Self-inflicted. Yeah? Yeah. Totally self-inflicted. Guy Rowett doing a good job. Adam sat in eighth position with not a great deal in that squad. Yeah? Quite ordinary. I watched them play. I'd say yeah. a friend of mine got a box. We'd go up three, four times a year. Very ordinary team. Okay here and there. Right? Inflicted. <laughs> the craziest managerial move I can recall by sacking a manager because they wanted more but they weren't willing to give him more money he hadn't had any money and then they wanted to go kind of like what Palace have done we want to go Dutch we want to go Italian style football blah 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 blah. panic up panic up red alert four months later five months later it's not working out he goes next man in out he goes next man in so they need a period of calm. And I don't think, like Paul says, I don't think Cottrell ever lasts much more. He has, sometimes has an impact when he gets in. He did at Bristol City, but it never, it never, it's no, no longevity with it. It never Cottrell's, goes beyond the year. was one of these managers. Uh, Ian Dowie was another one to mm, a degree. He's yeah. not, not in the same as Strachan's another one, you know, who they just seem to keep getting jobs. Yeah, the interesting thing would be, from a player's perspective, I would be looking at Cottrell, and look, I love Harry, I think he's a great dude, we've got to go back years, but I would look and think, well, you're Harry's right-hand man. So the, the, the psyche of the player will be either, yeah, we like this change, or, no, he's just Harry's right-hand man, it's the same but, thing. But the thing is, Blakey, that they... You know, they, they, you know, we have what I remember. Somebody at Liverpool, I think, once dubbed them designer managers or the modern managers, if you like. Mm. Um, Redknapp was another Warnock mm. on another level, even given mm. what he's done in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and yet, it didn't work out for him the way it's worked out for for mm. Neil at Cardiff, has mm. it? No, because now all. I think the difference is now is instant impact. So someone like Sam Allardyce last year will say, you've got to give me, like, it's going to take me eight or nine games to get my team going how I want them to. But these managers, like Harry uh, Redknapp and what have you, especially in the championship, they want, everybody, Aston Villa, Steve Bruce, we all want instant success. We all want Neil Warnock to come in, turn our fortunes around, stay up, next year be top of the table. Well, seeing as though this game is on on the Friday is going to be almost a top v bottom, let's quickly go to the pair of you. Two questions: Will Cardiff finish in the automatic promotion spots? Will Birmingham finish in the relegation spots? Well, at the end of the season. At the end of the season, early days. Early days, but I'm going to write it down and lock it away in a cupboard <laughs> till May. Look, I think Aston Villa will win the league. I think that when the business end of the season comes in, even though. I'm not totally convinced by Bruce as a manager. Like Warnock, he has nonetheless done it at this level. Um, I think that when the squad depth is needed, when injuries and suspensions bite and the games come thick and fast in the spring, Easter time, I think Villa have got the squad strength and the ability and the experience to come through and win the league. So that's one position gone. The next one's up for grabs between Cardiff and Wolves, I would suggest. I can't call it at this stage. Will Birmingham go down? Uh, I said at the start of the season that three Bs will definitely go down. Mm, we did, yeah. Bolton, Burton, who are not there at the moment, and it could be any one of the others. I you thought, did say Bristol City. I thought I was going to say, I thought probably Bristol City. I think Bristol They're City flying. will drop, mind. Um, They'll be fine. Will it be Birmingham? I think Sunderland are in crisis. I, I think, think Sunderland are in massive trouble. I think Birmingham will probably just about escape by the skin of their teeth. I think Sunderland are in massive trouble listening to Simon Grayson. He's kind of almost, um, you know, resigned to, I can't get this thing going. It doesn't seem to be a way forward. Um, what, about, will, what about the Cardiff then, Blakey? Will Birmingham go down? <laughs> uh, I think that's a 50-50, so I'm going to sit on the fence with that. It'll be, I think Cockrell will have an impact, but like I said, they're usually short-lived. And Cardiff, I expect to go up uh, automatically, I Ooh. do not think Villa will 
win the league. I think the pressure of Aston Villa's crowd is overwhelming Aston Villa. And I think, and I actually know this from inside, there's a problem in the dressing room and I know the players were causing a problem. So... That's, I don't think they're... That's, they're that's really interesting because the other team that you think really should be pushing for the top two are Fulham, but there are clearly behind-the-scenes issues there as well. Mm-hmm. And Middlesbrough, you throw where, into the mix. Yeah, whereas with Cardiff, it does really seem to be... It shows you what a team and everything... Go, well, so. like I say, like a point of an arrowhead, Paul, everything's got to be designed to one point. And that top tip of that point is your manager. I still think that with with... Terry and Chester and Whelan, the experience they bring with Kodja up top. He's important for them. I, I still think Villa will prevail. I think I see where you're coming from on the on the on the Villa Park crowd, but also that can be a strength, can't it? Villa Park can become an intimidating den for yeah. if Villa have got on yeah. a roll. So that could go But they're out. very short at the way. moment and yeah. they have been for a long time because they're not convinced by Steve Bruce. Well, what I would say that if, and I know it's if buts and maybe's, if Villa had Neil Warnock, I've no doubts they'd win the league, mm. but they haven't, Cardiff Chuck has. So. Me, chuck the fact that Steve Bruce once managed Birmingham in there. Everything is highlighted if it's gone wrong. He's an ex-Blue. So there's there's dynamics in, in, in Aston Villa, which, listen, I don't think... Sometimes you just got to say reset, press the reset button. And I think that's what they would have been better doing. But hey... We'll see. Long time for those uh, predictions to come true or not. We'll hold off on predictions for the Birmingham game. Um, it's too long away. We don't know what's going to happen, and I don't want to get oh, it wrong two again. Nil. Two nil, Cardiff. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say one nil, Cardiff. Then okay. if, we're, if we're going for it, Paul, okay. stick your neck out. Two one, Cardiff. Mm. There we go. Any any other business before we wrap up for the week? No, that's it from me. And it's good night from him. That's great. Just enough time then to tell you all that you can follow all the latest Cardiff City and, of course, Wales football news on Wales Online. Over the coming days, you can listen to this podcast on the website, on Audioboom, or via iTunes. And you can also leave us a review there as well. That'd be great. But from the three of us, for this week at least, it's goodbye for now. Cheers. Cheers.